Welcome to Master Your Money, the podcast that teaches you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. I am your host, Elizabeth Heise, Chief Marketing Officer at the Barnum Financial Group. I once felt powerless when it came to managing my finances and my attitude follows suit until one day I changed my mindset, built up my knowledge, and put myself back into a financial position of power. And I started this podcast to provide you with the same education and advice that I received on my journey. Now, I want to help you master your money. All right, master your money, let's get started. Today's episode actually reminds me of why we started Master Money in the first place. The purpose of this podcast was, is to teach you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. But today we're going to focus on the words, take control of your hard-earned money, because that is where we're going to focus our time. In today's episode, you are going to learn how you can maximize your compensation plan. Our guest and topic expert is Shelly Eisenhandler. Shelly is the founder and CEO of Eisenhandler & Company, a human capital strategy consulting firm based in New York City. Shelly has spent more than two decades in the human capital space. Shelly is the person that CEOs and founders call on when they are looking to build a new comp plan or when they want to enhance or upgrade an existing comp plan to attract and retain top performers. Um, Shelly has an abundance of knowledge from both the employer and the employee perspective on how to maximize comp plans, and she is going to share all of it with us today. I am super proud to say that Shelly is also a great friend of mine. Not only is she the best of the best in her space, but she's also a wonderful human who is a complete giver to her family, her friends, and her community. So Shelly, it is just truly my honor to have you here today. Oh, thank you. You're like, hopefully I'm not getting red, but I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Thank you for having me. And I respect you and what you're doing. And this is amazing in terms of educating just the public around compensation and and really proving their worth. So I'm excited for today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. We're thrilled to to have you. But let's start from the beginning, Shelly. Yep. Human capital strategy, that's a really unique space to be in. So Mm -hmm. tell us, you know, quickly about the past two decades. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah. Um, So we'll get to human capital strategy in a second. So I graduated University of Connecticut and like many, it took me a couple of times to figure out really what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I was working at GE, actually working with retiree money, always have loved markets since a little kid. Um, But I was like, "Mm, do I really want to like, you know, get my series seven in my 63 and Mm -hmm. do I want to do this? And I was like, I want to give back. And so I was thinking I wanted to teach business at the collegiate level, because again, I really want to inform people about the importance of investing. Uh, and then I was like, you know what, I'm getting my master's. Do I really want to do this? And then I was like, eh, not really. So, mm-hmm. uh, I started work at McLagan, which was a strategy consulting firm specializing in compensation, started as an analyst, was working with traditional asset managers, uh, some of the best in the world and really helping companies understand what they need to pay their people to get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, worked there for almost 20 years and then said, you know what, um, now that I'm in my 40s. I really want to be an entrepreneur. I want to start my own thing. 
I'm a hustler. I mm-hmm. really want to do this, but I want to do this for me. And I want to do this for my family. And you want to do it your way. And I want to do it my way. And so January, 2023 started my own business. And, and like you mentioned, I've been giving advice to, um, founders, management committees, as it relates to rewarding, recognizing, uh, their people when they, when they perform. And so, you know, human capital strategy, a lot of people are like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Right. And so if you think about any type of business in any sector, right? Like if we're talking about a restaurant, if we're talking about a retail store, if we're talking about financial services, you really need to engage your talent because your talent is your most important asset right. in any company, in any business. And so human capital strategy is really focusing in on the employee experience from start to finish. And again, being able to really uh, recruit the best people, retain the best people, reward and recognize the best people. And so that's really what human capital strategy is. How does that differ between what's more traditionally known as human relations? Yeah. So human relations, HR, like people yes. be like, oh, I'm the head of HR. Yes. I'm an HR. HR is, um, to me, it's a more transactional word, mm-hmm. right? So it's, okay, I'm going to uh, process like payroll. I'm going to process benefits. Human capital has a more strategic connotation to it. Really, really, it's working with your management team and thinking about how can I get the best out of my people? Because again, a company is only going to be as good as its people. And you want to incentivize your people to be their best self and to come in and do their best work every day. And it's mostly focusing on performance, performance and compensation versus in the HR space, you know, also a human capital space that can focus more towards development, performance reviews, um, you know, promotions, titles, everything that falls into that other category. That's right. I mean, but here's the thing, right? Compensation, which we're going to talk about today is super, super important. However, companies need to get it right from the total reward that they're offering. So Mm -hmm. compensation is only one leg of the stool, Yes. but you know, you mentioned uh, training and learning and development and career trajectory, right? Like compensation is important, but companies need to give it Like they give need to give their all to their employees if, again, they want their employees to perform in the best way possible. Yes. And the employee and what I really want listeners to get out of today, no matter no matter what phase of life you're in, everybody listening, whether you are just starting out, whether you're an established, uh, more established in your career, whether you work in corporate, you're an entrepreneur or in the service industry. Everything that Shelly is going to talk about today is transferable. That's right. So make it your own. But what I really want our listeners to learn from this is I believe that we are in more control than we think of our future and especially of our compensation and especially of our career trajectory. And I want Shelly to maybe bring to light some things, maybe employees or people think and feel, but maybe don't necessarily act on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, here's the thing. Um, There are many uh, professionals that I speak with at the junior level, the mid-level, um, kind of the senior level. And I'll say to them, you know, what's your compensation acknowledging that's like in confidential conversations. Mm -hmm. And some people don't even necessarily know what that means. Like, what is your base salary? What was your bonus? How has that trended over time? Right. And the most important question that I ask someone is, do you know your compensation structure? So again, regardless of sector, an employee needs to understand, do they have the ability to control their own destiny when it comes to compensation? Mm -hmm. So if you perform 
as an individual and your business performs as a company, you know, can you get paid X, Y, or Z? So people, number one, need to understand what are you getting paid Mm -hmm. and what did you get paid historically? And then what you, what can you potentially get paid in the future? That seems easy, right? So to say to somebody, do you know what you get paid? you would think the answer to that question is a, is a quick yes. You'd be surprised. Right. (laughs) So in your opinion, from, from your experience, why, why don't people know that off the top of their head? Mm -hmm. You know, like sometimes they say that, you know, attorneys or doctors, like uh, attorneys, even people in finance don't, don't necessarily have great uh, financial planning themselves. Yeah. Like shoemaker's kid. Exactly. Thanks. So I think it's just um, people get caught up just in how busy their lives are, yeah. right? And they don't take a step back to one, manage their money or to get services yeah. to help them manage their money or to even understand what they're getting paid. So like my advice would be, okay, do you have access to a spreadsheet, right? Mm-hmm. And just try to kind of keep records as it as it was, you know, what were you getting paid in the past? What are you getting paid today? And then actually make a plan for the future. What might you want to get paid this year? then in three years time, then mm-hmm. in five years time. Mm-hmm. And then if you have kind of that plan in terms of your compensation, talk to your manager to mm-hmm. say, Hey, like, let's really go through goals for me personally mm-hmm. and objectives. Let's do that in the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and let's check in in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to check in at the end of the year yeah. because I want to understand what do I need to do in order to get paid? Yes. And you spend your, your world, your days in this space of, of, of money. But a lot of people, money is still a a dirty word. It's still very intimidating. People still carry around a lot of uh, negative baggage when it comes to money. So typically in the corporate space and maybe in all sectors, people don't like to talk about it. They don't like to have to go to their, to their manager or somebody and ask for more money. It is uh, intimidating. It is overwhelming. There's a lot of women that actually are just nervous and scared to talk about their compensation or to negotiate their compensation. Uh, I do think, though, the conversations around pay are evolving. Mm-hmm. The younger generations talk to themselves about what they get paid. Right. They talk. My, my parents were like, never tell never anyone tell what anybody. you're getting paid. It's nobody's business. Ex- yep. But now the younger generations do talk about their pay. They talk about their pay and they have a lot of websites out there, right? That can. There help. is data that is in the public domain. Mm-hmm. as, And it may be, you have to be careful, right? Because mm-hmm. sometimes someone might walk into your office and say, Hey, I deserve to be getting paid 30% more than I am today, but it's like, okay, let's, let's go through the facts in terms of what you're doing, your roles, your responsibilities, your performance. Um, but I think the biggest thing that I want the audience or the listeners to take away from today's conversation is never go into your manager and say, I deserve 20% more or I deserve 35% more. When can I get there? Mm-hmm. It's all about what do I need to do to basically, you know, get paid more money mm-hmm. in the future. Let's talk about, again, those goals and objectives. Mm-hmm. I want a compensation structure that is going to set me up for success. So let's just, let's not talk about, I'm getting paid $50,000 and I want to get paid 60. It's what do I need to do to increase my compensation? Correct. So when we say we want to empower listeners to take control, that's to step up and be a partner in that conversation. So to your point, it's not the once a year review conversation. 
or marching into somebody's office and saying, I, I think I deserve X now. Yep. It's, you know, your, your manager, your CEO, whoever it is that you have these conversations with thinking of you both as partners. That's a hundred percent right. And I think oftentimes in the work in which I do, there's something that's very easy that no one ever engages in. And this is kind of comical, but it's just communication, yeah. right? So if you're an employee and you want to have that conversation with your manager, and again, I know it's sometimes easier said than done. Don't be scared. Just try to have that open communication and let them know you want to be at the company. You want to be engaged. You want to be recognized and you're going to work your tail off, but you want to know that you're going to be recognized for your performance. Yep. And I have been in both seats and I think you have too, where I was once someone who was scared and yep. nervous and intimidated. And now, you know, 20 years later into my career, I of course feel very differently about those conversations, but I also lead a team of people where I'm on the other side of the desk. And, um, being open mm -hmm. on both sides. And as long as, you know, there are not demands being made, but if someone comes in and talks about the work that they've done and why they think they deserve it and can, can back that up with facts, it's a fun conversation to have to say, well, great, let's get you where you want to go. What does that role look like? What does that plan look like? What does that timeline look like? I think that's a wonderful conversation to have. It's a wonderful conversation to have um, that the employee is basically saying, this is what I've done. This mm -hmm. is what I want to continue to do. Hey, I might actually want to do something different. Mm -hmm. But again, I want to know that I have confidence that if I perform well and the business is performing well, that I will get compensated for my contribution. And also, I'd say to the audience, right, um, you know, really negotiate for yourself and your family. Right. Um, and because that's really important, right? You're working hard, you're investing in the business and you need to be again, recognized for your performance. Right. Mm -hmm. And so don't be scared to be like, Oh, I shouldn't go have that conversation. Go have that conversation because it's not necessarily at times just for yourself. It might be for others as well. Let's unpack that. Cause yeah. you've used that word. And I think I did too, that word of being scared. Yeah. So scared, you know, some people say, well, I'm not scared. Okay. It could be intimidated. It could be, you find yourself procrastinating. It yep. could be, maybe you're dancing around the subject, right? Whatever, however scared shows up for you, yep. how can we unpack that and help people feel more empowered, confident going into those conversations? What are some tactical things people can do? That's a really, really good question. I think it all stems from confidence, right? Mm -hmm. You need to believe in yourself and believe that your manager and the business wants you to be there. Mm -hmm. And by the way, if you're not speaking up for yourself, no one's going to know what you're thinking, what you're feeling and what you yeah. want. Right. Yeah. And I also will say, and this is a little bit of a sensitive topic, right? But we have just experienced the hottest labor market we've seen in our careers mm -hmm. over the past two years. So if you've been a very loyal employee and are a long tenured employee, there may be some new employees that just came in and they were able to take advantage of this crazy labor market. And if you feel like, you know what, I've been loyal, right? And I, I have worked very, very hard and I've had a big impact on this business. You can't be afraid to speak up. And again, mm -hmm. I just think that that's like confidence, just 
go in and have that conversation. But in that conversation, be prepared. You can't just go in and have that conversation and say, I deserve to get paid more money or I deserve a better compensation structure so I can get paid more money. You need to go in and have all of the historical facts and then also have goals and objectives. Hey, this is what I want to do. This is what I know I can do. Mm -hmm. And this is why, again, I need a compensation design that can set me up for success. So you have to be prepared going into those conversations. And that is definitely, I'll be vulnerable and say that is where I have fallen flat in the past is not knowing my, I don't want to say not knowing my worth, but not being prepared going into some of those conversations. And a year goes by fast. It does. And we work at the speed of light and you're a hustler. I'm a hustler. And sometimes you, at the end of the day, you forget about all the great things you did. Yep. And you, in a given year, you definitely forget, you do not take inventory of everything that you've accomplished for yourself and for the company, for your peers, for your team, for whoever in that given year. No, that that's right. And I, I think the other thing, and this, I'm talking from experience, right? Sometimes employees say, you know what? I didn't get compensated what I thought I was going to get compensated for this performance year. You know what? It's okay. I don't need to say anything. I'm going to get compensated next year. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you're not recognized mm-hmm. in that next year. And then you say, you know what? I'm going to get actually recognized the next year. And then you're disappointed. And so if you kind of experience almost disappointment year mm-hmm. after year after year, and this is actually where I think this affects women in my experience, what I've seen more than men is that you always like are hopeful. Yeah. It's going to happen the next year. Yeah. It's going to happen the next year. And then it doesn't. And then you get to a point where you're like, you know what? I have pride in myself, right? I'm confident in my ability and I need to speak up. And if I don't speak up for myself, you know what? The only person I can blame is myself. Yep. So that's where sometimes, again, we talk about being scared. Um, You never want to look back and say, you know what? I should have said something. And you, you didn't give the company a chance. Right. To help to to get you to where you want to go. Or or again, it goes back to communication, what you said. No one will know that you're unhappy if you don't say it. That's right. That's and right. If you're not clear, and you know, and I think I run into this a lot too. I've experienced this, but I've I've experienced this with, you know, team members throughout the years, but also in myself. If I'm not clear in where I want to be from a compensation standpoint, but also from a work standpoint, from a career trajectory standpoint, how can I articulate it? Exactly. How is somebody, my manager going to be clear if I'm not clear? Yep. No, for sure. I mean, one thing that I'm seeing with the younger generations now is obviously compensation is very important. Um, but they're also asking for career trajectory, right? What do I need to do to get promoted next year or in a couple of years? And then what comes with that is also compensation trajectory. Mm -hmm. So I'd say to the audience, right? Like if you are in a role, if you're at a company, a business, whatever sector you're in, right? And you want to stay there because you really love it. Start thinking and having conversations with your manager around your career trajectory, right? Where can I be in three years? Where can I be in five years? And what comes along with the career trajectory conversation is compensation trajectory compensation too, because there is more transparency out there around pay. And so again, if you're not asking for it, you're not going to get it. But if you ask to understand how you're being compensated, more and more managers are willing to have those open and direct and be more transparent in those conversations. Yes. And it's important, Shelly, if I can add and tell me what you think about this, you don't need to wait until performance review time. Or you don't need to wait to whatever that one time a year it is where you have a money conversation. From my perspective, I love it when we have these conversations more and more 
often because it gets both people comfortable. There's very little surprises and you could be more open versus when you kind of have your pool and there's nothing that you can do at that moment. You, you maybe can't help that person in that exact moment, but had you talked about it six months or a year prior, you could have set them up for success. I agree. So I think some, some of the best cultures that I've seen, they operate in in an environment of number one, trust, uh, number two, respect, three, collaboration, four, open communication. And so to your point, you know, at the end of the year, you might have a performance conversation and then you have a subsequent conversation around pay. Don't wait. Mm-hmm. Right. Because also it might be too late Yes, when managers are budgeting in yes. terms of compensation, they're doing that October, November, December timeframe in many industries. Right. And so if you're not being vocal, right, it, it might be too late. So if you truly feel that you need to have that compensation conversation, right, like don't just, you know, push it under the rug, yep. um, have that conversation. But again, be prepared. Don't say, Hey, I deserve 70 instead of 50. Say, what do I need to do to get to the 70? Much better question. Much better question. And it's all about the structure and the design. It's not about, Oh, I want more money. I want more money because from a manager perspective, that might seem a bit greedy. It's like, no, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and then please recognize me or, you know, please reward me. Let's talk about structure and design. Cause you you mentioned that a few times too, for, for the average, you know, for people who aren't in this field, what does that mean? Yeah. So compensation design, compensation structure. So for the audience, you know, there's a, a variety of different ways that you can get paid, right? So design really talks to the how. So usually you have a base salary, um, at times, dependent on sector, you'll have a bonus, mm-hmm. uh, but that bonus comes with different KPIs or performance metrics. So mm-hmm. again, when you talk about goals and objectives, I want to know at the beginning of the year, like sit down with your manager and mm-hmm. have that conversation. What do I need to do to have a good year? Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, usually folks are being paid a bonus and then have those performance metrics associated with that bonus. Um, Sometimes, you know, there are careers where you might have a commission structure, let's just say in sales. And then at times, dependent again on your role, you may have a long-term incentive. So that means Hey, Elizabeth, I want you to be here in three, four years time. And I, so I want to retain you. I want to recognize you and I want to pay you. So I want to reward you, but you're not going to get that money this year, right? You yeah. might get that money in two years and in three years. And so that's kind of like a golden handcuff to get you to stay, but also to compensate you additionally. Mm-hmm. So comp structure is just more about the how. Is it a base and bonus? Is it base, base salary and commission? Mm-hmm. Is there some sort of long-term pay element associated with your, with your compensation. But all of that wrapped up is your total compensation package. That's right. That's right. So, um, at times people will say, Oh, what, what do you get paid or what do you get paid? Right. And again, dependent on your role and dependent on industry, does that mean just your base salary? Does that mean base salary and bonus? But to your very good point and accurate point, total compensation isn't your all-in compensation. What is your base plus your bonus plus anything extra? That really equals your total compensation, which is really your total worth. Sure. Um, And again, like 
base salary is really contingent on cost of living, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes, depending on an industry, you might get a 3% increase, a 2% increase every year. But the bonus is really where that is impacted by your individual performance yeah. and, and then the company performance. your business's performance. That's right. And as you get more senior or more tenured, that's where the company performance has more of an impact on your bonus. When you're junior, maybe a couple years into your career, your bonus is more stable and less impacted by business and company performance. Yep. So when you talk about structure and design, it's understanding what that is up front and making sure you're comfortable. If you are looking for always a high salary with a low bonus, your company may not look at, look at your structure that way. They may say to your point, Jelly, no, we keep our salaries pretty, pretty minimal, but you have a pretty great bonus pool and bonus opportunity. That that's right. If that's too risky for you. Yep. That's probably not going to work. Yeah. So for the audience, I would say two things. So if you're looking for a new job or at your current employer, there's two things. One, uh, and this may sound a little bit funny, but you should say to your employer, what's your compensation philosophy? Like, what's your pay philosophy? Mm-hmm. How do you guys think about rewarding your people? I've and never heard that term. It, it, it is a phenomenal term. And your management team um, or, you know, the founder, the owner should have a good response to that question. And that question uh, for the audience, you can be a junior professional uh, or again, just one or two years out of school or maybe in a trade or also the most senior. Right. Ask your your company, your management team, what is your compensation philosophy? And then secondly, like, what is your compensation design? So just talk to me. Is it base? Am yeah. I eligible for a bonus or not? If I'm eligible for a bonus, what do I need to do yeah. in order to get a bonus that I feel like I deserve? Yep. But to your point, it's coming to the table, coming into that conversation prepared and That's realizing right. that it's not me versus you. Yep. It's not I deserve, right? It's coming in from a place of you want to be here your employer wants you to be here. Yep. So how can we, and that's what a negotiation is. That's that's right. The one thing that I didn't mention, which is very important, and um, listeners need to be cognizant of this, um, dependent on your job and the environment in which you're working, there's also an I story. There's a we story too, right? There's how did Shelly perform? How did Elizabeth perform? But how did we perform as a team? Mm. And if you are in a very collaborative environment, you want to have that like aspect of performance in there too. So it's not just about how Elizabeth did. It's about how Elizabeth did, but how Elizabeth and her team did. And then how did the company or the business or you know, whatever sure. industry you're in, how did that perform? So you just added another point, right? You just, so now there's three points to That's this. Right. To That's right. That's right. It's mm-hmm. me as an individual, but because sometimes people go in and say, I deserve more. I want to be compensated more. And the manager can say, we're a collaborative, like one team, one dream type business. Mm -hmm. And it's not only about you. Mm -hmm. So my um, guidance to some of the listeners, again, dependent on their role is just, let's talk about what I need to do, what our team needs to do. And then there's the company performance that lives on top of that. Okay. Going back to what we were talking about, how now this, this new generation entering the workforce talks about money, extremely open. (laughs) Yep. Why? Um, You know, I don't know. Maybe their parents aren't (laughs) telling them like, you don't talk about this. this. I will say this. 
Um, I believe, and I'm not an attorney, there are legal implications, legal um, provisions that actually state that an employer cannot tell their employee not to talk about their comp. Mm. So I think that there is a legal component to that, but mm. I don't know what it is, but there is information sharing. Huge shift, yeah. But there's also, I think, um, something that's come to light recently, and this is related to some regulation in Connecticut and New York around pay equity regulation. Yeah. So there is some research out there um, maybe not in financial services that says that women are paid 60 cents on the dollar in comparison to, to a man. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there's been a lot of regulation and a lot of work to ensure consistency and compensation, um, you know, similar or regardless of, of race and gender. Mm-hmm. So I think that more and more of those conversations around pay equity, you know, we talk about yeah. um, equity and inclusion and yeah. diversity, yeah. right. I think a lot of that is um, empowering people to ensure that they're getting paid comparably sure. to their to their peers, and maybe that's why more and more conversations are coming up around pay. Yeah, it's so it's so it's so different, but very interesting and and sometimes refreshing. That's right. That's right. As a manager at times, yeah. it might not be when someone comes in and says, oh, I just had dinner with someone last night. And like, here's the napkin. We were about sharing what they- W-2s. Ex- and- <laughs> exactly. And it happens often. It really does happen often. Um, so Shelly, what from, you know, from a managerial perspective or from the CEO or, or founder's perspective, you know, what troubles them or what challenges do they have knowing that you're talking, we have you know, three or four different generations can be working in the same company. We have so many people who look at money all all over the place. They look at it from so many different ways. In one company, you have various levels of performance. You know, how do they attack that? So a couple of things. When it comes to like what keeps uh, senior managers up at night, I'd say two things. So to your excellent point, they're now managing different generations of people. Mm -hmm. And those different generations want different things. You Mm -hmm. think about the younger generation, they want to get paid, even Mm -hmm. though there's research that says, oh, they don't really care as much about comp. They still want to get paid, but they want work-life balance. They want mission. They want purpose. um, They want uh, philanthropy, right? And they want to be promoted, whereas the older generations want pay and they want benefits, Benefits. right? Mm -hmm. And they want stability. So CEOs are very focused on how can I... Uh, customize the reward or the total package that I'm giving my employees, acknowledging that my employees want different things. So that is one thing that keeps them up at night. Two, um, really being able to recognize and reward their best people. Yeah. So the talent market acknowledging, you know, what's going on in, in kind of like the macroeconomic environment, I'm trying to get my head around it and I'm sure you are too, but it's a little bit perplexing, but the talent market is still pretty strong, meaning mm-hmm. the labor market's still pretty strong. So if you're a great performer, there's always a place for you to go. Mm-hmm. So that CEO is thinking, Hey, Elizabeth is my high potential. She's one of my best performers. I need to make sure that she's happy because if not, she can go next door to X, Y, Z, you know, management. So they have a difficult job. Oh, they definitely have a difficult job, but it's interesting to use that term top performer. And I think that is where there's misalignment where your definition of a top performer as an employee could not be the same as your managers or the company's definition of a top performer. And here you are thinking you are a top performer, but 
you know, maybe in the eyes of the company, you're not, or maybe you are a top performer, meaning you got a great rating, yep. but your, your job role is different. Yep. I mean, so that's where I think it all, all goes back to communication. Yeah. Right. So you need to be communicating around, um, at times compensation potential. You need to be communicating about performance goals and objectives, and you need to be transparent in terms of your impact, your scope of role, so on and so forth. So again, it comes back to like communication and really understanding potentially what you might be able to get paid going back to, Hey, I want my employer. I want my manager to be able to set me up for success. And that's what's really, really, that's where it starts. So the, the genesis of this conversation and we're coming up on time yep. is, as, and you've said it three times is to ask the question of what do I need to do to get to X, Y, or Z? What do I need to do to get paid more yep. and have that conversation in advance? That's right. Before your, before your expectations are already set mentally, before you have a number in your head. And that's a great conversation to have. And I think to be open in that conversation, to have a growth mindset, to listen, if your employer tells you something that maybe you don't want to hear shutting down in that moment is not going to help you get to where you want to go. Yeah. I mean, the constructive feedback is, is always helpful. I mean, you know, for the listener, I would say, um, really to your point, and I love the empowerment, right? Feel empowered to talk about your compensation, Mm -hmm. but to talk about the goals and objectives you need to hit or achieve in order to get recognized and rewarded. And you know what? If you feel like you're not being compensated appropriately, have that conversation. And by the way, that might mean that your current employer isn't necessarily right for you anymore. Mm-hmm. So don't be scared. When we talk about fear a mm-hmm. little bit, some people are scared to say, hey, maybe it's time to move on and mm-hmm. to go get another job, right? You can't be scared to do that either. Mm-hmm. But again, going back to, you need to be educated and prepared as to what you might get paid in that other role at that other sure. company. And I, again, I'm going to go back to the pay philosophy. Yes. Knowing your employer's paid philosophy, but knowing your own. What is your personal pay compensation philosophy? Are you comfortable with a little more risk-based compensation with a deferred comp package? Are you okay living below your means now to make more later? If that all works for you, there's a structure that can, um, can, that can accommodate that. I love that. So I always think about a firm's compensation or a company's compensation philosophy, but what about an employee's philosophy? And for the listeners, it's kind of like dependent on your economic status, where you are in terms of just as an individual and and family and career. It's like, do you want stability in your pay? Do Mm -hmm. you need stability in Mm -hmm. your pay? Or can you afford to be a little bit more risky and have a little bit more volatility mm-hmm. in your pay? So mm-hmm. I love that. There's almost like every employee needs to have a compensation philosophy yes. as it relates to what their comfort level is. Yes. And that kind of ties in with risk tolerance as it relates to investing. <laughs> totally. And then we can morph into that. But this has been exactly what I thought it would be is so empowering to people to ask the right questions. And I hope that we gave listeners the confidence to start to have money conversations more often. Put yourself in a position for success. And I'd like to think that your company, your employer, your manager, your mentor, all these folks are going to support you along the way. 
But Shelly, thank you for all the work that you do in this space. Thank you for thank everything you. that you gave to us today. It was so great having you on. Thank you. And um, I wish you a bunch of success in future podcasts, but thank you for having me on, Elizabeth. Thank you for listening to Master Your Money. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Barnum Financial Group. If you're interested in connecting or working with a financial advisor at the Barnum Financial Group, the links are in the show notes of this episode. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.